Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to the first team. I am Joe DeLeon. With me as always, my good friend. Sorry, not my good friend, my co-host, Ryan Roberts. I don't co-host know this friends. man personally. Co-host no, 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 you're, you're yeah. just my co-host. Uh, today, we're doing our first running back scouting report episode. We're slowly coming up on the end of these scouting report shows before we turn the page and we end up doing our official ranking. Should be coming in about a, a couple of weeks when we start off. The idea is to start off with the offensive tackles. By the way, I forget if I communicated that with you or not. You did doing tackle, but I, I hear okay. it now. So yeah. Okay. Well, this is our this is our meeting. This is our our backstage Good. conversation that is going to be on the show. Sure. Uh, we're starting with offensive tackles, so be prepared if if you're not. I'm assuming that you will be. Oh, I've, I've been, dude, I've been ready for months, Joe. You're the one that's behind, dude. I've been ready uh, for months. Well, actually, I'm very I'm very ahead compared to where I was last year. Sure. But yes, I'm probably behind you who's watched a, a million more prospects than I have. Today, though, we're going to be talking about Trey Benson, and we're going to be talking about Bucky Irving Benson from Florida State, Bucky Irving from Oregon. Ryan, let's start yeah. off with Trey Benson, the Florida State back, six foot one, 223, formerly at Oregon. Here he goes, ends up at Florida State, finishes finishes at his uh, his career out pretty strong. His two really good years back to back. Not necessarily a guy who has ridiculous production, but if anything, that helps him that he didn't have a lot of touches, but with the touches yeah. that he had, he had a really good yards per carry number. He had a lot of uh, really explosive receptions that he had. He had a lot of important touchdowns, but overall, very, very well-rounded prospect. Yeah. And he obviously an interesting background. I mean, you mentioned the Oregon ties, obviously, but he had a really bad knee injury in his Oregon career, which kind of derailed him for a little bit. He transfers over to Florida State and it was a really under the radar addition because I remember he was coming off the knee and he hadn't played much at Oregon. So they didn't really know what to expect when he got to Florida State. But then he gets to Florida State and immediately he's a, one of the better running backs in the ACC and arguably in all of college football. So he he brings a really good overall profile is kind of how I would phrase it. Right. Like he's going to be six foot, six foot one, somewhere in that ballpark. He's going to be 220 pounds, 225 pounds, somewhere in that ballpark, right? He hits these size thresholds you like as a early down runner. He also pretty good in space. I mean, like he's not a make you miss in space type. He is a tackle breaker, great contact Mm. balance, kind of a bowling ball a little bit when he gets to the open field, but he's done that and he's had some some receiving production as well. So like the overall profile, Joe, I think is very appealing for Trey Benson. Again, an early down ball carrier, but he has shown when he's got an opportunity to work in space a little bit, work as a pass receiver, he's capable of it. Is he ever going to be dynamic? That's the question, right? And I, I don't know if I would necessarily say he is a dynamic player, but he's just an overall just good football player all around. You know, he has the ability to be a tackle breaker. He has the ability to create some explosive runs. He has the ability to catch the football well out of the backfield. He's a solid enough blocker to be using on third downs. Just not a lot of holes in Trey Benson's game is kind of how I would phrase it. I remember you compared him to Leonard Fournette when we talked about him over the summer. And I definitely still see that with his, his physical build. Like he's got huge legs. He's a really strong, powerful kid. 
I, I think he's, that he's got the he's got the same like running style too, right? Like he's a little bit of yeah. a short stepper, but like he still right. is he still has plus speed though. So like even though he's a short stepper, he's still able to create some explosive runs because he still has good speed overall. He he's not he's not as physical as Fournette is the only thing that I, I definitely wouldn't say because he actually attempts to try and wiggle a little bit more than Fournette, which might be better for him for his longevity Agreed. as an athlete to not deal with a lot of as many hits. So I, I tweeted out a clip taping this on Friday. I tweeted out a clip on Thursday of him and got a, you know, a lot of random opinions from fans that were thrown in there. And one of the things that two things that confused me that I didn't agree with that were thrown out there. One, some said that they didn't think he was super bursty. And I disagree with that. I think for a 225 pound back, he accelerates very well. The way that there are a couple times where he's in the hole and he just takes these really good short choppy steps and is able to pop in and out of those exchanges to then find the next hole. And then the other thing that I was really confused by that some people were like, yeah, his vision's not very good. I completely disagree. I saw a guy that was very patient at the line of scrimmage that did a good job of you know, not being too desperate. Yes, he sometimes falls for the e the uh, east to west trap of going sideline to sideline instead of getting uphill. But when he gets uphill, he does a really good job of finding that lane. And I'm obsessed with the way that he's able to find that secondary lane. There were a couple of runs and ones that I put in this uh, this highlight clip that I, I put together where he's going one direction and he sees the lane and the field opening up in the other direction. And sometimes running backs get this tunnel vision where they just keep going forward until they get tackled. I love right. that he is always going to find the path of least resistance. And I think that he does a very, very good job of it. This is why I'm a really big fan of Trey Benson, that he's not necessarily going to be you know, a guy who explodes for uh, an 80-yard touchdown every other game. Probably not going to happen. But is he going to string together those 20, 30-yard rushes often because he has the burst and then the size to take a a full load of being an NFL back. I absolutely think that he does. Here, here's a running back that it might be a better comparison from a full profile perspective than a Leonard Fournette. How about David Johnson that played at Northern Iowa? Played I like with the that Arizona one. Cardinals. I feel like he, he's faster than David Johnson, though. Oh, you're wrong. You are wrong, sir. How fast go look, David go look. David Johnson was like a mid four four runner. That guy could fly. <laughs> he was fast, man. Go look it up. Oh, he was yeah, he was right. at least four four seven, but I feel like he may have ran like four four five. He was very fast. Former high school wide receiver David Johnson was so four five. You're in a four five. Okay, no. so okay, no, you ran it. NFL Combine website says he runs a four five forty one and a half inch vertical. Okay, okay. I mean, a lot of these ten ten seven broad six eight two three cone. That's great. I actually like the David Johnson comp a lot because, and you can also see. I think you started to talk about his receiving game impact. I think Trey Benson's a really underrated receiver. The times that they actually utilized him and delivered him the football, like I saw that impact, and that was what one of David Johnson's best attributes is that he was able to cool. provide juice as a receiver. So I really yeah. like that one. I like that one it's, a lot better than the Leonard Fournette one because I feel like Fournette was so physical yeah. compared to Benson. Well, well, the Leonard Fournette one was more about his, his actual gait as a runner, right? Like his short step kind of – he just kind of had like that short stepper feel to his game. But I think David, because David Johnson was a former high school wide receiver who eventually turned into a six foot one, 224 pound running back coming out of Northern Iowa. And I think the body type is going to be pretty similar to Trey Benson. I imagine Trey is going to be right around 220 to 225, somewhere in that ballpark. I imagine the testing numbers are going to be similar ish because I agree with you in the fact that 
he's an explosive cat, man. Like he gets up to his top speed very quickly. I think we could, you know, we could have a great conversation about is the second, third gear great. I mean, I'd say it's good, right? But overall, he gets to his top speed very quickly and he's a creative back. He really is. But the thing that David Johnson was so good at when he was in his heyday before he started getting injured and such was he was a really good outside zone type runner, right? Like he was really good at it because he was patient front side, explosive to get vertical. And then he had pretty good vision to hit some cutback lanes at times. And I think that's what Trey Benson does well. Like, I think Trey Benson is pretty patient on the front side. I think he can see cutback lanes. And I think that he's an explosive player going north and south. Like, I think that he can really be an explosive player there. So I think this kid has a chance, Joe. I don't know if he'll ever be top two or three running back in the NFL good. Like, I'm not sure he'll ever get to that status. But I could see him being a perennial thousand yard rusher. Like I could, I could easily yes. see that, right? Like a thousand to eleven fifty, twelve hundred yards, and he's just like a consistent football player throughout the entirety of his wherever he ends up. Obviously, so I think the baseline is very high here. I don't, again, I don't think he's flashy. Like there's no Jameer Gibbs in this game where you're just like, holy, holy cow! Like that is special. Nothing special necessarily, just all good. Which, I mean, if we're talking about a baseline for wanting in an NFL running back, I mean, I want him to be pretty good at everything because that leaves great sticking point there. Right. Right. Th- that's that's what my main argument here is for him. I think early on, I don't see anyone that's going to knock him off as my number one back. I, I really think that he's going to end up being my number one running back, especially because Raheem Sanders didn't end up declaring and he decides to go back and he was injury riddled. I know Jonathan Brooks gets brought into the conversation, but like uh, he's coming off the injury. Though, guy, man, com- like. guy coming <laughs> off of a knee injury. I, yeah. I still don't really agree with that declaration on his part because I, how long until he's fully ready and a running back is a guy that like it usually takes usually that season after the knee injury right. is usually at like 75% and then you're back at full full strength. So I don't know anyone that's going to be excited I, to invest in that. I felt like Brooks was trying to cash in on the fact that a lot of running backs did go back to school, you know, where they're just like, all right, let's yeah, try maybe. to, let's try to, you know, sneak our way up in a less than stellar. Cause I, I mean, Joe, I don't know if you agree with this. I mean, we're obviously we're going to talk about the Trey Benson, like slotting. It's not a great running back class. It's really not. I mean, there's some quality runners in my opinion, but like we're going to talk about Trey Benson. I think we just see Trey a little bit differently, right? As far as like the evaluation, I I would not take any running back in the top 50 this year. I don't think. Oh, okay. I mean, like, so we don't, okay. We definitely disagree. Trey is the one guy that is borderline top 50 player. I think he's a top 64 player. Like no, like I, I think he's a top two round guy. I just don't see first round player. Like I just, I just genuinely don't see that. I just see a good football player who I don't know necessarily if I would call him a difference maker. I would just call him a key cog in a good system, which again, nothing wrong with that, man. There's a lot of good running backs in the NFL right now. Think about like James Connor, right? James Connor has injury mm-hmm. or John Connor. Excuse, wait, no, James, James Connor. Yeah, no, James John Connor. Connor was, John, John Connor, Connor is the fullback. Isn't that the Terminator. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's a Terminator, but it was also a fullback out of Kentucky a few years ago as well. But, but James Conner is like one of those guys where it's like, is there anything star-studded about James Conner? But every time he's healthy, though, he's just good. Like, he's a good player. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. So I just I don't necessarily see top. I don't see first round pick Trey Benson. I bear you could argue with me top fifty pick Trey Benson, but I will say top sixty four pick Trey Benson. Like that's where I'm at with Trey. So this goes in line with what I tweeted, but I didn't elaborate on. 
yes, this is a little clickbaity. I don't give a shit. You you criticize me for being clickbaity. I really don't care. I've moved past the, so, the fact so that you criticize me for doing it. So you're admitting that it was clickbaity. You are admitting. That. I have always I have always admitted to the fact that sometimes because anyone who wants to get good interactions on anything in modern media, you need to have a little bit of a hook. You can't just throw I'm out just, a blind I'm statement. Just, I'm so, just mean. I'm just mean to people. That's all I do. So. <laughs> I mean, I am too. Um, to that point, though, what I'm saying here, yeah, I realistically, and I actually even responded to somebody who said this. I realistically don't see a world where a running back goes in the first round. I don't think sure. that it's going to happen. But I feel like oftentimes when we get to pick like 27 or 28, we end up with teams that are either trying to trade out and can't find a partner, or they do trade out. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a couple of teams that are going to be in that mix that could be looking for a running back to just really round out their offense. So like when I did my yeah. mock draft, I look at the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens don't really have any serious needs. They're not going to get to their second pick until the end of the second round. Right. To them, they might say, all right, we don't really want to go for and, and reach on a defensive tackle or to reach on an interior offensive lineman because we don't have anyone here. Let's grab Trey Benson because we want the pick of the, the the group of of running backs because there's not a very exciting group and we want someone well-rounded that can yeah. play all three downs. They've got really good production of the guys that they have, but just imagine if they had somebody who was consistent with mm-hmm. all the injuries that they dealt with that running back room. So that's the world that I see that Benson will be the first running back selected. If one goes in the first round for me, it makes the most sense for it to be him because he is the most well-rounded and the most NFL prepared and built back without too much tread on his tires to fit in that conversation. So, so to, to clarify your points and, and please correct me if I'm wrong. So you believe that if there is a running back to go in the first round, it is probably Trey Benson one two. If he does go in the first round, it's because he's a luxury pick, right? Like he's not necessarily yes. a first round yes. player in a vacuum. It's like a, it's like the Clyde Edwards Hilaire pick a couple years ago for the chiefs. It's like the chiefs didn't have yes. a lot of glaring leads. Yeah. Let's take a run. Rashad Penny, Rashad Penny to the Seahawks a couple of years ago. And that didn't sure. end up working. Actually, neither of those ended neither up working out, but can you imagine if the chiefs would have drafted Jonathan Taylor or Deandre Swift instead, that would have been a great selection. Yeah, there oh my the God. The first round. <laughs> but yeah. Well, but to, to that point though, I feel like Benson. Yep. Is has less holes than Elaire Clyde Edwards, Clyde Edwards, Elaire and Rashad Penny did that were kind of those reach picks. You know, mm-hmm. like the, Edwards Elaire was tiny and contacts balance issues and whatnot. And then the other side of that is, you know, Penny just was overrated as shit. Um, but that's my point here. It's like, I kind of wonder if, if because he's more balanced, he could fit into that conversation a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's possible. I mean, I, I'm just struggling with this running back class, to be honest with you, Joe. Like, I just see a lot of good. I don't see a lot of spectacular, I, a lot of great. Like, that's just kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, cause I always think that we, and I'm not saying you're doing this because the NFL teams literally do this every single year, but when there's not a star at a position, guys get pushed up naturally. And it's, it's a flawed thought process by the NFL teams. Cause I feel like they reach a little bit for a need compared to a player specifically. But again, I agree with you in the sense that if there is a running back that is going to be valued somewhere in the top 50 picks or even first rounds, I think it's probably going to be Trey Benson, barring an injury setback to the knee or the medical stuff, right? So he does have the best all-around profile in this class, in my opinion. And uh, yeah, 
So I agree with you in that in that sense. Bet online remains your top spot for all of your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, NHL are all in full swing. Bet online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Believe. That's B L E A V for fifty percent off your first deposit. That is a fifty percent welcome bonus. Bet Online, where the game starts. Now, if there's another guy that I think really has solidified themselves uh, going somewhere on day two, it's Bucky Irving from Oregon. Five foot ten, one ninety five, had himself a fantastic season was a big reason for their offensive success and I I still yell about the fact that had they had committed more to feeding him the football when they played Washington that game might have gone a little bit differently both times but you know for whatever reason they didn't want to give him the football regardless Bucky Irving feels like the modern NFL rotting back for a different reason than Benson it's like a it's almost a flip here it's the opposite direction of of Trey Benson who's big body between the tackles has the burst to extend plays Bucky Irving is a guy that's going to kill you in space. This is also another guy who transferred, right? He came from Minnesota. Yes, he did. Isn't that so funny that he was a Minnesota guy originally? <laughs> that's I know. Wild. Yeah. Uh, I was talking. I was actually talking to an Oregon recruiting guy over here, and I was like, "It is hard to believe." I, I think. Mar- I think Bucky Irving's at- real name is Mar- Marquise Bucky Irving. I believe is his actual name. But I mean, mm-hmm. could you imagine if he would just stayed at Minnesota? And it- I mean, he probably would have ran the ball more, but like. I think Oregon did a great job to really showcase his, his usage would have been terrible. His usage would have been ter- terrible. Well, they would just ran him into the ground like every other Minnesota running back. Like Muhammad Ibrahim got hurt a million times in Minnesota because they were just like, Muhammad, we're going to run you ball 40 times when you play. Like it's just stupid, <laughs> right? And some of their bodies just weren't built for that, obviously. But I really love Bucky Irving for today's NFL. I think he's a perfect fit because – the two l- things that I love most for a modern running back in a committee approach, because Bucky Irving is never going to be an RB1 in the traditional sense, in my opinion. He's never going to be a 250-plus carry-a-year guy. Like That's just not him, in my opinion. But what he is is today's game that accentuates space and creating and manipulating it, this kid is built for that game. He is at 5'10", about 195 pounds. He has really good contact balance, surprising contact balance for his for his size. He's ultra quick in tight spaces, and he catches the football really, really well. He's going to be good in the screen game. He's going to run some option routes, some angle routes. This kid is a weapon in the pass game. Here's the comp. Ready? He reminds me a whole lot of Duke Johnson that came out of Miami a few years ago. I like and that. Duke Johnson was a – Really good secondary option. Could catch the football, was explosive in tight spaces. Was Duke Johnson ever an RB1? No. And you didn't, but you didn't need him to be. It you know what would be a perfect situation, Joe? If you had Trey Benson and Bucky Irving on the same team. That's a that really be, good point. That's a, a really that would good be point. A great tandem, man. Well, it would be fantastic. That's like the that's like the Seahawks. This would be a more explosive version of the Seahawks with Kenneth Walker and, and Zach Charbonnet. Makes me think of that. Yeah, I, I could see that a little bit because I, I remember, I guess it was a couple years ago, right? Because Duke Johnson was on the Browns. I think at one point they had Nick Chubb and they had Duke Johnson. And it's like, it's perfect. It's They're rotation. so different. They work off of each other really well. It's the thunder and lightning type of thing, right? It's You know what it is, honestly? 
New England Patriots a few years ago. Do you remember when they went their last couple Super Bowls? Their leading rusher, at least their last Super Bowl, was LeGarrette Blunt, who was just a big, physical, downhill dude. But you know who was another guy that was incredibly essential to that running back room? It was James White. James White. Literally, yeah. James White in his la- their last Super Bowl against the Eagles, he had 12 receptions in that football game. Like that guy is so important to a team. And I think that Bucky Irving is also going to be really, really important to a football team on the next level. For all those reasons, I mean, you hit the, the nail on the head here. Right? He is a guy who, as I just said a second ago, fits what the NFL needs now in the running back position, which is you're looking for multiple options for different situations. This is no longer the era of, and this is very cliche to say now, it's no longer the era of ground and pound. We're going to run a guy 35 times, and, and that's the, the focal point of the offense. We, you need a space killer in your running back room. You know, you, you need to build a running back room similar to the way that we have this philosophy of building a receiver room like a basketball team. You want to approach that the same way where you've got a couple different options. And seemingly, the best teams this year outside of the 49ers have a lot of options and rely on those options and are creative with those options. And I think that Bucky Irving, for everything we just talked about, they're good receiver, uh, just amazing in space. Like I, He is a space killer. He's very bursty. He's very flexible, um, very good balance. The only like maybe like little bit of a issue that I have with him is that just like not a huge frame that I, that I feel like can w- withstand um, a ton of hits, which is, well, again, that, not, that's, not that's a, why he's that's, not not, that's why he's right. Yeah, sorry. Well, that was, again, that's why we, we're not sitting here saying that this is a first-round pick or a top 50 pick. This is a top 100 pick because he's lighter. His contact balance, not great because you're not going to expect a, a smaller guy like this to blow through tackles. But for what his skill set provides, I see him as a top 100 guy and a guy that's going to go somewhere on day two. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I had a, a mid-third-round grade on Bucky Irving, I, top 75 grade. I really like Bucky Irving a lot. I think as an auxiliary back, secondary option in a backfield, I think he's going to be tremendous. I really do. And the great thing is you don't even have to really call him a running back two on the next level. Like there's some realities where I can use him and another running back on the field at the same times because there's two back sets. There's motion Bucky Irving into the slot at times and let him be able to be a, a passing game weapon. Brings a lot of skill set to the field that you really love. I mean, and I, you know, I was just going to comment, Joe. It's like I agree with you 100% in the sense that his frame limits him from being an early down ball carrier, right? A guy that is going to tote the rock in obvious running situations a lot. I see him being 100 carries, 50 receptions in a, in a season on the yeah. next level. 150 touches, not 150 carries, 100, 100 rushes, 4.6 yards a carry, whatever, 50 receptions for nine yards of reception and to be that weapon when you need him in the passing game and in the run game. So he's a secondary option to a running back room, but he's a really good one. I think that he's going to be a very just pivotal part of a team on the next level is how I would kind of phrase it. Yeah, big uh, big fan of Bucky Irving and what he's going to provide. Uh, any final thoughts on him? That's kind of closing out what I add on him. Oh man, Minnesota great Bucky Irving. Now, nah, man, I'm excited for him. I'm excited. <laughs> so he, uh, yeah, he, and he, he's also a player that I think is going to. I think he's going to make out this year as far as his draft slot, since there have been a couple running backs that have gone back to school, like a little bit ones where you're just kind of like, hmm, that's odd, right? So I think it's actually going to he's going to be a beneficiary of it being a little bit of a light running back room. So I wouldn't be shocked if he goes even in the late second round. Like I wouldn't be shocked about that at all potentially. Yeah. 
I mean, before we close this out, amongst the guys, I'm just kind of going off of the PFF big board. Jonathan Brooks declared injuries. Blake Corum injuries. Not not really the same physical guy. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we we don't know if Donovan Edwards is is going to declare. Audrey Estime is in the mix. Yes, Marshawn Lloyd, holy shit, is is stiff as a board. Uh, Travion Henderson is is uh, Travion Henderson is probably so. Wait, he declared right. Who's that? Who, who'd you say? Travion Henderson? Did he declare? It hasn't been it hasn't been announced yet. There's been some reports oh, that he might God. go back, but there has not been anything finalized on that end, I don't think. Will Shipley, Braylon Allen, stiff as a board. Uh, dude, <laughs> you know that the class is thin when Dylan Laub from UNH is within like the top 10 guys oh in the class God. Oh my God. <laughs> that are listed um, here on PFF. And then Frank Gore Jr. is just kind of you know floating around in here somewhere. This is a weird running back class. <laughs> By the way, I don't really totally understand the if you're going to go with an FCS back and let's close out on this. Why Isaiah? I still don't get why Isaiah Davis is not the the the, the primary FCS back. I, I've been banging the table for him for a minute now, and I really like uh, Isaiah Davis, and I think that he's going to be a great NFL back. The problem is, is he's got so many freaking carries yeah. under his belt. But like him over Laub, I, I don't get it. Well, the Laub thing is because he catches the ball well. Right, like you're projecting him to be that guy. I, I, He's I don't Christian agree with McCaffrey, the Ryan. Oh my god, every way running back. You remember Max Borgie? Remember Max Borgie out of Washington State? That's Dylan Lobb's actual comp was Max Borgie. I see him. That's Borgie. a good one. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Who is that? Who is that? Um, God, he had a really good name. It was like something Speed or something like that. What was that one kid's? The one white kid's name. It came from Maryland or something. Maryland. Wait. What are you talking about? Wait, he went to the. Wait, 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 wait. Maryland White. Some guy named Speed? Speed. No, I'm I'm saying Jake Funk. He had like a he, oh, it was Jake it was like Funk. a I don't he know. He was why. on the Rams for a couple years, man. He was a special teamer. Yeah. yeah, Jake yeah. Funk. We want the funk. Gotta have that funk. Um All right, we're Tra- on do you that remember note. Travis <laughs> Jervy? Are you are you are you old enough to remember Travis Jervy? No, I don't I don't remember him. Oh man, he was like early two thousands white running back, and I think he was the lowest rated running back in Madden that year. Like he was yeah. Yeah, Travis Jervy, man. Atlanta Falcon. <laughs> My God. That's brutal. That's brutal. <laughs> I'm about to look up his stats right, now. They were, I think they were really bad. <laughs> let's get out of here. At Joe DeLeon at Sanderson Radio. Or, what? Oh, my God. At Rise of Dragon. Holy shit. I do this. Hey, man, it's a Friday. Relax. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate you all. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of our draft coverage that's going to be coming up. We've got a lot coming your way. Uh, been a huge pickup in the amount of people tuning in, as always. This always happens right around January. Everyone everyone suddenly starts listening and watching the show as soon as January hits. So we're excited for uh, another big draft cycle for us. Later, folks. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.